Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Blessed Kwanzaa, and Happy Festivus, everyone. My apologies if I left anyone out. I hope your holiday season is treating you well. Welcome back to Debating Metal. I am your host, Kenneth Dean, the jolly old Dean of Metal, along with my co-host, Chris Kay. It's that time of year again when we reflect back on what a year it was. 2023 started with a one-off reunion of one famous makeup-wearing band from New York and ended with the retirement of probably the most famous makeup-wearing band from the same state. In between, we got a whole bunch of other reunions, firings, tours, and a whole lot of new music. As we take a look back on the past year, Kenneth and I will give you our big four metal albums of 2023. So sit back, pour yourself some spiked eggnog, Turn it up to 11 and let the debate begin. 2023 is coming to a close really, really fast. And we've got one week left in the year. And I doubt that anything major will happen. But you know what? I say that and then something's going to happen. Someone's going to die. You know, I, mean, I, I doubt. I doubt there's going to be a reunion announced in the next week. But inevitably, kiss. someone. Yeah, right, kiss is kiss is coming back. Kiss um, is coming back with no makeup. Re- reuniting with uh, having avatars no makeup. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so uh, you know, like, but inevitably, you know, and it was funny because I was thinking about this just the other day. I said, "Someone always dies at the end of the year," and. Um, of course, I woke up this morning um, with the news, and th- this will tell you when we're recording this. Um, I woke up this morning with the news that uh, Torben Ulrich, um, Lars's father, had passed away. So that was, um, you know, a, a self-fulfilling prophecy, I guess you could say. You know, someone always passes away at the end of the year. Now, we know that throughout life everybody and somebody passes away every single minute but famous i'm talking about musicians wise metal wise somebody associated with this great music that we listen to so debating metal keeping it upbeat (laughs) (laughs) that's us yes but we're we're here to talk about 2023 the year that it was some of these new albums uh that came out this year um and the things that happen. So let's get right into it. We're going to talk about some reunions uh, that happened this year. Um, and even those, like one, the one of the names I'm going to say, uh, actually two of the names I'm going to say, they really didn't do much um, as far as the reunion. I think one of the bands I'm going to mention had like one show and then another band hasn't even had a show. They just announced it. So anyway, sabotage reunited, um, this year, Forbidden, a band that we don't really speak about much on the show. Uh, the Dillinger Escape Plan reunited this year. Uh, Newstead, Jason Newstead's uh, metal band. Um, I think they played a one-off show down in Fort Lauderdale or something like that um, in the club. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And uh, so that's the one show. I don't. I don't know what the other ones that I mentioned did this year. Um, I didn't get that deep into it. Uh, and then Creed. Uh, a band that we don't talk much about in the show um, announced their reunion on uh, earlier this year, and they're getting technically together um, on a cruise to play their first shows together on two cruises. Cause it was such a high demand for the, with the first cruise that they added a second cruise. So that's pretty cool. Oh, now. Uh, so I mean, it's, I had no idea. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty cool thing. I, I mean, just heard the <laughs> <laughs> news. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> All right. So, you know, bringing it back down to earth, a couple of bands that disbanded this year was the Agonist and Kicks. Uh, also disbanded, retired, if you, whatever you want to call it, um, this year. Um, and so, you know, staying with the with the uh, the <laughs> the the keeping it real kind of part of the baiting metal, the deaths that we had this year. Um, some of the bigger names that passed away this year: Sebastian Marino, former guitarist for Overkill and Anvil; Jim Durkin, guitarist for Dark Angel; John Regan, who was the former bassist in Freely's Comet and Ace Freely's solo band. Kirk Arrington, former drummer for Metal Church, amazing drummer. Uh, Lee Rausch, uh, former drummer for Megadeth. He was he was the first live drummer for Megadeth. He wasn't the original drummer. That was some other guy. Um, Bernie Marsden, the former guitarist of Whitesnake. Steve Riley, former drummer for LA Guns and Wasp. Uh, Charlie Dominici, former vocalist for Dream Theater. And a whole bunch of other people that from a variety of other bands have passed away this year. Man, I forgot some of those for this year like it's, yeah. it's crazy to think like Stephen riley was i mean one that he's gone but you know like that that was that was this year yeah i mean it actually wasn't that long it wasn't it was like late yeah. summer wasn't it something like that maybe early early fall i don't remember and yeah something like that and so finally so before we get into the albums um the events for this year some of the major events that happened this year as we mentioned in the opening uh, in January, Twisted Sister reunited for a one-off show for their induction into the Metal Hall of Fame. It was the band's first performance since they disbanded in 2016. Um, and I don't believe it was not Mike Portnoy playing drums. It was somebody else, I thought. But I don't remember. I didn't look it up. That's bad on me. <laughs> in february marty freeman performed three songs with megadeth in japan it was his first performance with megadeth in 23 years that was pretty cool um, yeah those were great was, it was even a special moment for for dave he was really touched by the whole thing uh, so he was really happy about that um and then in, in the middle of the summer somewhere towards the end uh, slipknot said adios to longtime sampler and keyboardist craig jones and as well as they let go of jay weinberg who had joined the band as joey jordan joey jordison's replacement uh dream theater said goodbye to mike mangini and hello to founding member drummer mike portnoy and as we mentioned also in the beginning, KISS ended their 50-year career with two nights at Madison Square Garden in early December. It definitely is not the last that we're going to hear from KISS. That Avatar thing is still being talked about in all circles of the, of the music business. Um, I just don't know what it's going to be. I was just reading a little while ago that Ace Freely thinks he's going to get paid for them using the, the makeup and the, and the, the Spaceman uh, logo and the dude again is back on the delusional stuff because he sold that makeup a long time ago oh man <laughs> it's just poor guy hey, i'm gonna get paid no you're not curly <laughs> uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I don't i mean obviously there's a lot of drugs over the years right and i and i know he's you know healthier now and everything but like I think there's a certain point where the brain damage has already occurred and it doesn't matter. Like I, I, I love Ace. When we did our, our episode, you know, about, uh, our worst to first for kiss. Like I, I 
said Ace is one of my favorite members of Kiss, but at the same time, like, let it go, man. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I love Ace too. I've always loved his stuff. You know, his his solo album is my favorite of the four. But yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. Just like, dude, you know, like like when he said that, you know, ten thousand volts is gonna is gonna make Paul and Gene, you know, is is gonna embarrass Paul and Gene. I mean, the song is cool, ten thousand volts. I mean, I haven't heard the whole album, but I mean. It's not spectacular in, in the, the sense of like, oh, shit, this is a really good song. You know, it, it's not moving the needle. And uh, yeah. it's unfortunate. I mean, again, good song, catchy, but, you know, it's not anything that's going to embarrass Paul and Gene. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, I think if you're a fan of 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 uh, Ace, then it's a great song. Like, you'll, yeah. you'll enjoy it. And... You know, the t- couple times it's come up for me on on a random playlist, it's it's good stuff. Um, but yeah, moving the needle, it does not. Just like you said, <laughs> right? Okay. Well, that brings us now to our big four metal albums of 2023. So instead of doing a whole show on a subject and then doing a big four at the end real quick, we're doing the whole show on the big four. So the big four 2023 metal albums or big four metal albums of 2023, whatever you want to call it. All right. So my number four was kind of a surprise, kind of, and kind of not because, um, when it was announced, uh, that they, that this band was coming back, um, it was kind of like a hell freezes over moment. Well, where, um, there was a long time ago, um, death clock was canceled pretty much at the height of the story. Um, if you're familiar with Death Clock, that was a, a cartoon, or it was a cartoon called Metalocalypse, and it was all about metal bands, or the, this particular metal band called Death Clock. But the, what, what was interesting was there were tons of uh, guest appearances, including, you know, King Diamond, members of Metallica, um, pretty much anyone in the metal industry that, like, you can think of probably had some kind of cameo on the show. Um, absolutely loved it from the beginning. I watched it when the pilot first came out. I was a big fan of Brendan small before, uh, death clock even became a thing. I used to watch his show home movies and was absolutely in love with it. And when I found out he was doing a metal show, I was just, I was blown away and his, his playing ability just made the show legitimate. Um, they released three albums during the time that uh, the the band was around originally, uh, but because of their deal with with a, a Cartoon Network and Adult Swim, when whenever they were done with the show and they didn't want to do anything more with it, Brendan could no longer use the Death Clock name. He could never do no no longer do anything with that title, and we never knew if we were going to get an end to the the TV show. So, um, it was kind of left at this like cliffhanger where who knew what was going to happen? Well, finally this year, the, the final chapter of the TV series came out as a movie and we also got the death album for, and, uh, also a soundtrack to the movie Metalocalypse army of the doom star. Now that one's a little bit more of just a soundtrack. There's, there is quite a bit of metal in it, but there's also like some, uh, orchestral stuff there. 
but but Death Album Four is the actual album with all the the songs of the the simulated band. Uh, but the actual guys playing on this one were Brendan Small and Gene Hoagland. Um, Brian Beller did not come back for this particular album. It does have a little bit different sound uh, than the first three. It's really heavy, and um, I mean, hold on, some fucking spam is calling my phone at seven forty-five. Love it. Um, so um, it does sound really heavy. And that I think that's amazing. Like Aortic Desecration was the first single that was released, and it and it came out and just blew me away. Um, it's not quite as melodic as the previous albums. It's just it's more along the lines of just like the the heavy heavy. And um, I still really enjoy it. It's not my favorite album of theirs, but at the same time, like it was so welcome when it came along. And I've absolutely loved listening to it since it since it came out. Um, and even better, the finale of the show was absolutely fantastic. So, um, what a great year! For, like, as a fan of Death Clock, they they toured. I didn't get to see it, unfortunately. And uh, I hope they do come back around because I would love to see them again. Cool. I I've never gotten into Death Clock, and I never got into Metalocalypse. Uh, I. No other reason than I just never did. wasn't like I didn't like it. I just yeah. Didn't. I mean, it just, yeah. At the time that it came out, like it probably yeah. wasn't really opportune for you to watch it either. Probably not. You know, young kids and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, oh, those things. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Anyhow, but I know I like. I think you as a fan of metal in general and and getting more into the heavy stuff over the last few years. I think if you ever had the opportunity to watch it, you'd probably enjoy it just for the the cameos and all that kind of stuff too. Right. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I I want to give it a shot. I just I've never taken the time. I mean, when do you got the time? <laughs> exactly. There's so there's so much I want to watch. There's so much I want to listen to. You know, don't have the time, and so it's it's it, it end up getting into this cycle of listening to the same stuff I've always listened to over and over again. Um, and that's why this this episode. Um, you know, doing the research for so many albums. Um, I actually, you know, with the, the, the big four I chose, uh, I got to listen to it a little bit more and more and more. And I'm like, man, you know what? These really are some good albums. And and the ones I didn't pick, I listened to a few of them and I'm like, okay, this is, this is okay. But I think this other one's better. So, you know, that's where I, I got to my four. So I, yeah, I, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about it when we, we kind of go over some some honorable mentions later, but this was kind of an odd year for, for music in general. And I think I I'm more excited about what's going on and coming up next year in a lot of ways. Um, but I would say for me, it was kind of the same, like what you're saying. Like I got in the habit of kind of listening to the same stuff I've always listened to and ignored a lot. And, uh, I'm glad I kind of caught up on some of it just recently. So, Yeah. So I, I look forward to doing the same thing. All right. So number four for me uh, was a sort of kind of not a not a reunion per se because I don't think the band uh, disbanded, but they I, they were apart for a long time, um, and then they got back together, and then they hadn't done an album for fifteen years um, since their it was fifteen years since their last release. And that last release, it had been uh, 13 years 
in between that one. So they're they're on that Metallica uh, time frame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, actually, they're more like the Tool time frame, really, because Tool's really bad. Um, but anyhow, the band I'm talking about is Extreme and their album Six that came out on June 9th, 2023. That album, man, let me tell you, I heard it. The, you know, the first song I heard, Rise, the single, you know, they talked about it was all over the internet about how amazing of a guitar solo that is by Nuno. Um, but that's just not the, it's not even half of it, really. The album is really, really good. Like if someone really liked uh, porno graffiti and like myself who liked waiting for the punchline a lot, to me, this album is is like those two albums combined. Um, and there's to me, there's such an energy to this album. I'm like really, really enjoying the fact that it, they sound like they're enjoying themselves and having a good time. Uh, it, so there's a lot of catchy songs. The production is really good. Uh, I mean, I'm not big on the drum sound that they have on there because it, it, it falls flat a little bit for me. But, you know, the guitars sound really good. And, and, and um, Gary's voice comes clear, you know, comes through really clear. So it, it sounds good in that regard. Um, the highlights for me are the single rise, a uh, song called Hashtag Rebel, and another one called Other Side of the Rainbow. But the whole album in general rocks. But those are the three highlights for me. Yeah, it's it's not bad. I mean, I I was kind of taken aback um, by Gary sounds a bit different. Uh, I mean, he's older. He does sound a little different. Yes. Yeah, but but at the same time, like I did enjoy it. I thought I thought he sound he sounds great. Like it's just it was it was kind of jarring. Like I I guess I didn't expect that. Um, the last thing I remember really hearing of his just even just for research or whatever was. Um, uh, Van Halen three. So quite a bit different, but yeah, I really, I really liked it. I thought, you know, just like you said, they're having fun. Um, you know, the, the, the music was good and Nuno always an amazing guitarist. So, I mean, this, this is another, another guitar clinic by Nuno. It's mm-hmm. just the, the, the guitar work he's doing on this is amazing. Um, the, the, the biggest thing, if I'm going to say a negative about this album is the album cover. Just, to me, it doesn't make sense whatsoever. Yeah, it's but weird. It's a very strange album cover. It's a it's a face of a gorilla with red eyes. Uh, the 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 band name Extreme is in the same color as the gorilla, like one of you know his color pattern. And then the album title Six is is in the same color as the gorilla's eyes. <laughs> I I don't get it. I don't um, at all. I was trying to relate it like back to something on the album i i can't even maybe figure beautiful that out. girls i don't <laughs> <laughs> um i don't i i really don't know i mean it's it's an odd one yeah so anyhow but i mean the album had had some good play around the, the world that it was it was picked up in a lot of countries and they they you know it, it did well for mm-hmm. an album from a band that hadn't released one in 13 years um like I said, it was it was good. Rise really kicked it, you know, for extreme. I wish they would, you know. I mean, album was released in June, so they should have already released the second single by now. But yeah. it doesn't look like they're doing that. But you know, they had some they had some songs they could have picked. So, all right, all right. So, what do you got for number three or your number three? Well, so my number three is is KK's Priest. Uh, Center rides again. 
Um, I, I really like this album. I know people can tend to be really negative about uh, KK in general, uh, you know, saying like, oh, he's just living off his legacy. Well, you know, like all these bands are, to be honest. So I don't really get the argument. Um, but I, I thought it was a really solid album. I, I've always really liked Tim Ripper Owens vocals. Um, I think the guys he's playing with are great. Um, it, I don't like it as much as the first album, Ser- Sermons of the Center, but I, just kind of marginally, um, a lot of, if you, I mean, if you're a big Judas Priest fan, you're getting kind of more of the same, um, which is never a bad thing. It does, like you, like you said, with with some of the other stuff, like it doesn't move the needle per se. But I, I just thought it was a really solid album. Um, if you're a fan of Judas Priest, where like they have these uh, characters in the songs, like the Sentinel, etc. Um, there's a lot of references to earlier songs, and um, that's kind of like for me the bread and butter of Judas Priest is these like big heroic characters in the, in the music. Um, I think it's got solid production and the songs are very catchy. I, I remember them and, uh, uh, excuse me. And I've been, uh, hearing them a lot when I, when I go on my walks and have my headphones on. So, um, I really enjoy it. I think people need to open their minds up a little bit. I mean, the guy's just doing what he loves and it shows and the music is, is, very strong so um i hope he continues doing it as long as he wants to and you know puts out another great album in the next couple years so you know i i like kk and and i i actually like the two albums that he's put out i mean i agree with you the first one was a little bit better than this one um you know there's 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 really you know kick-ass energy on there um which is why i found like like there's so much speed and energy on the first album and I, I was so confused by, oh, Les Binks is our drummer. I'm like, hell no, he's not your drummer. <laughs> There's no way he could keep up to that. But you know, <laughs> I mean, that was that was only for the initial show, which I don't even think he did. Like, I, I, I don't think he played with them. I think I think he recorded one track, and you know, he, he was announced and then injured himself or something. I think that was a way to get him out. He hurt, he hurt himself trying to play real fast. <laughs> this is, I mean, I, I'm sorry. The, the speed at which they're playing, it's like, it's like almost saying, I mean, Les Binks was better than Dave Holland, right? But it's, it's, think about in today's terms, you're going from someone like Scott Travis who plays amazingly fast and, and really complicated stuff, and you're going to, to Les Binks who is older yeah, can't keep up. You know, I'm not, I'm not, there's no, no, nothing against less. I mean, guys at that age, it's just hard to keep up. I think it was, I mean, initially announced for the nostalgia factor, but they realized it just wasn't going to work. Right. And you know, nothing, not to take away anything from it. Like I said, the band, the, the albums are pretty good. Um, you know, power metal ish, if you want to look at it that way. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, KK's playing is, is great. He, you know, I, 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 I laugh because I see him, you know, he's so much more in the news again because of these, these, this band that he's gotten there, but you know, none of the, none of the news surrounds anything with to do with the band. It, it, it surrounds the, the fact that they keep asking him about Judas priest. Yeah. They, they, the interviewers can't stop asking him about how he feels about Judas priest. And it's like, you know, it's, it, he does what he has to do you right. know, and it gets the, it gets the 
um, attention of the of the viewer, whether you know it's positive or not, which is kind of a shame. So Although I was amused with the fact that that he's you know this week it came out that he doesn't like to do meet and greets. <laughs> so I was like, okay, he just well, doesn't, I mean, just doesn't. You like- know, I, I get that. Like some people just don't. And it's like, yeah, it's part of the gig and you need to do it, um, you know, in order to build that, um, you know, the fan base, et cetera. But like some people just don't like, you know, being in those kind of situations. I get it. Yeah, no, it's, it's understandable. I mean, some people don't, don't like anxiety. Yeah. And some people, you know, they, they relish it. Okay. So number three for me. Um, I'm going to put down Overkill and the album Scorched. Okay. Um, their 20th studio album. Um, I mean, this is as typical uh, an Overkill album you can get, but it's still really good. Um, I, I, I think, you know, since um, the middle 2010s, if you want to call it like that, um, pretty much since they came out with Ironbound because Immortalis came out in 2007 and then in 2010 they released Ironbound and ever since Ironbound came out they have been on fire and they have just been relentless with their albums and just the the, the musicality that they got going on and then when they added Jason Bittner um in I think it was 2018 or 2019 and he recorded The Wings of War for them in 2019 when they added him, it it just even more relentless. It, it's just cra- crazy to think about at that at this age. Those guys, you know, forty years on into their career, are just still blasting through, and and they've not stopped. I, I was I was looking at this, and I'm like, you know, every band has had some sort of downtime, some down period, you know. Testament almost disbanded. Slayer was lost for, you know, in the middle 2000s. Metallica was, you know, between, you know, Jason leaving and and, and making St. Anger and James going to, to, to rehab, all that, that band was lost for a while. I mean, that was a good four years. Um, and it was more than that. It was, what, eight years be- between new music or something like that or even more? I can't remember. Yeah, um, I mean, it felt like an eternity back then. Like, you no, know, it was eight years because it was uh, oh seven because it was nineteen ninety six to two thousand three. Um, they had done one new song, which was uh, the song that started the Napster the Napster issue, "I Disappear," and that was it. You know, um, but from ninety six from Reload or ninety seven from Reload all the way to to Saint Anger, there was nothing new other than "I Disappear." And then they had all their turmoil. Megadeth had their issues in the middle where where uh, Dave retired, disbanded Megadeth, and reformed Megadeth. So all these bands. But Overkill, through all the changes that they've had over the years, they were just the biggest period of time that they did not release an album was three years. And that I just I find that remarkable. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, let me, let me crazy. ask you this. It's actually the between Wings of War and the Scorched was the longest period of time because that was four years, but some of that had to do with the, the pandemic. But man, I mean, they was just just relentless. 
But like I said, ever since Iron Bound, I mean, the Electric Age, White Devil Armory, the Grinding Wheel, Wings of War, and Scorch, just it's just been one after the other, and they just won't stop. They don't slow down. And we saw them on a show right before the pandemic hit. That was the last show before everything got shut down, and they were mm-hmm. amazing that night. Just absolutely amazing. Small little club. Energy was great. It was nuts in there. Yeah, the crowd was really into it, too. Yeah, and this album just keeps going on with that tradition. I mean, this album's really good. Uh, some of the highlights in this album, Scorch, The Surgeon, The Harder They Fall. I mean, The Harder They Fall is just such a typical overkill song, you know? And and uh, for the, the whole album really, really, is really a typical you know, the sound, you know, there's a couple of times where they slow it down and they chunk it up a little bit, but the speed just remains. They are, they have been thrashed from point A to point B and they have not really changed much in between. So kudos to them. Yeah. I mean, for good, for good or bad, they, they are pretty much how they always were. Um, maybe a little bit of groove in between, but uh, they've incorporated that into the sound while returning to more of a thrash sound. And, and, you know, honestly, the, the stuff that, like you said, since white devil armory around that time, yeah, like that's, that's really for me, the best era of overkill. So they're, they're in the best era of the band, which is impressive. Um, my number two is war men. Here for None. Um, as I've said before, uh, one of my favorite bands of all time was Children of Bottom. Um, unfortunately, we lost Alexi not too long ago. And, um, you know, he they he formed a band afterwards called Bottom After Midnight. They released one L, uh, EP posthumously um, after he passed away. And, uh, you know, that was... You know, it's one of those things that has to sink in when when some you know a band is one of your favorite bands and you know the the guy from the band is no longer around uh it's it's hard for it to sink in sometimes that that there's just not going to be any new music from them uh it happened to me with dio uh when when ronnie passed away i remember you know still every once in a while going oh my god Ron, you know ronnie's gone when I would listen to songs, you know, like, oh, I'm never going to hear new music, you know? And uh, sometimes that happens to me when I'm listening to Children of Bottom because, you know, I've been such a fan for such a long time, uh, really never dropped off being a fan. And and sometimes that that's pretty rare with a band where, you know, I didn't love the album that had Morgan on it, but I never stopped being a fan. Um, and so, um, you know, when Warman was originally around, it was more of a project where um, Yana got to work with a lot of different musicians, and you know, it was kind of like more of a project. But now he's turned it into a band, and you know, yeah, for the for you know the most part, the band members have always been the same. But he had all different singers and vocalists, and you know just different collaborators that have come come along. Well, he's brought on Petri Lindrus, who is famous for, originally he was the singer of Norther, and then he had a band called Ensephirum. And um, those two bands, to me, especially his, his time in Norther, 
I always felt like he had a very similar sound to Alexi. And so I think Yana probably felt the same way. And he's producing music that sounds like the spiritual successor for Children of Bottom. And now with Petri on, on vocals, like it sounds really eerily similar. That's not the same. And I don't think it should be treated that way, but it does feel like if you are a fan of Bottom, then you will probably be be a fan of this new version of Warman. And Here For None, I mean, I, I really like the whole album. There wasn't a song on it that I didn't like. I was really impressed by uh, Warman or Here For None, um, Too Much Too Late. I thought that was a really cool um, kind of unexpected sound for, for what I thought the album was going to be. And Hell on Four Wheels, two of those out of the three were, were the singles. Um, but but as a whole, I really like the whole thing, and I can't wait to see what they do next. Cool. You you introduced me to them the other day, because I really, even though I knew the name, kind of, I, I hadn't heard them, I hadn't really listened to them. Yeah. And and so knowing that they, they're related that way, it's pretty cool. I mean, very similar, not the same circumstances, but very similar to how, you know, the halo effect is like a, 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 a new version of in flames. Without, yeah. You know, S- similar, but different. Yeah. Cause right. they're, they're, nobody passed away, but right. And it, it's, it, it's like, you know, they, they said, okay, we used to be in flames. We want to play music just like that. So we're going to do this, <laughs> you know, and you can keep doing your, your new version of in flames over there. <laughs> yeah. And you're then, very, different version of in flames that yeah. has evolved in a very different way than we expected. Right. And then, and then in flames goes, well, wait a second, I can still do that. And releases a song very similar to what the halo effects sounds like. And it's just <laughs> like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> you know, but it was still cool. You know what? And all the, the best thing out of all that is that the fans get to enjoy new music, good music. And that's the best part of it. Yeah. I mean, that again, like not to harp on it, but that's my, that's my opinion when it comes to priest and KK's priest, because it's like, just enjoy. You don't have to pick a side. You can just enjoy good music. I have to pick. You have to be a tribalist. I, 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 yes, I have to. <laughs> I, ha- I have I have to pick Ian Hill's side. <laughs> I have to go. Well, with- if you stay on the side, you're not going to move for the entire <laughs> I'm just going to swing my, you know, flip my bass back and forth, you know, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number two for me is metal church with congregation of annihilation. Um, so they announced a new singer, Mark Lopes or Lopez. I don't know if they say Lopez or not. I, th- I heard, I thought I heard him say Lopes. Um, and man, so you and I went to go see them and we saw them. Up close and personal. Okay. We we were right there, right on the edge. And um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, You know, listening to the album, you know, Mark sounds like a really good mix between David Wayne and Mike Howe. So he fits the the Metal Church vibe. Um, This album has a lot of great riffs, a lot of good songs. It's very well produced. Um, I mean, it's got great performances from everyone in the band. So it's really, really good album, and I enjoy it a lot. I mean, uh, to me, you know, highlights include Congregation of Annihilation, um, and I had it up just a second ago. There's a couple other songs on here that I really, 
uh, like oh pick a god and pray which is one of the songs that they played at the show i think if i'm not mistaken and yeah they did Mo- right and making monsters was is another pretty good song so yeah, i mean it's got some good stuff on it you know what was cool too was when we went to see the show um they played i think it was three new songs it might have been more but um no, that was it. it was like I think three. it was three, right? And mm-hmm. the audience was into it. Like the audience was. They he even made a joke. He like he was like, "We'll play some of this stuff, and then we'll get back to the stuff you really want." But the audience like loved the new stuff too. So yeah, it, it was, was it was awesome. It was very cool. And and I got I got to hand it to to Kurt and the band because they could have easily have spread out this show with with songs across the career, but. In reality, they went to songs off the, the debut album, The Dark, and uh, Congregation of Annihilation. That was it. They just threw those three albums, if I'm not mistaken. You know? Yeah. So I was like, damn. I mean, talk about old school. That was really cool. Um, I mean, they, oh, no, I'm sorry. It was they, they, that's right. They, no, they played stuff off of the... Uh, the debut album, The Dark, and Blessing in Disguise. Blessing in so, Disguise. Yeah, so they, they there was four albums represented. And I was really surprised by that because they could have easily done something off of Human Factor. They could have done anything off of any of the Ronnie Monroe albums. They could have done anything off the the, the later um, Mike Howe albums. But I, I, I don't know if it's something where they, they're, they're, they're giving their space to Mike Howe at this, at this time um, because – they only played songs off of Blessing in the Skies that were Mike Howard, you know, those those Mike Howard related songs. They didn't do any of the newer ones. So yeah. Um, it was still pretty good, but this album's really good. So if you I mean if you like Metal Church, this is definitely in line. They're 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 probably playing, you know, the last few albums that they did with Mike Howard and in this album as well, they're they picked up the pace a little bit. You know, they're they're returning to their metal roots. They and they never really left per se, but there was they, they've picked up the pace. They, they're a little bit faster. They're back to their speed metal roots, if you want to put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's there's a real big energy behind them. I mean, they played phenomenally when we saw them live. They're doing some more touring this coming year. So it's it's really, really good stuff. But this album, I thought was very good. So it's my number two album for this year. That's a good choice. I mean, I, I actually before we went to the show you said we had you hadn't listened to that album a whole lot and i think we listened to it on the way there uh-huh. and both of us were in agreement like it's a, it's a really good album um you know it's 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 tough to lose a member especially a front man um they've been through it a couple times now and um you know it's it's hard to keep going i think sometimes and they did a little tribute to mike during the show um but they didn't dwell on it. They focused on, you know, what they were doing right there and what they were doing is awesome. The new guy's great and, uh, fits right into the band. So, uh, really enjoyed the show. Yep, absolutely. All right. So before we do number one, uh, you wanted to talk about some albums, the honorable mentions. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't typically, but it's the, the end of the year. So might as well kind of go over some of the albums that came out this year. And if you, have any opinions on them? Yeah, absolutely, chime in. So, um, the first one I'm going to mention, uh, I really love this, but I didn't pick it because of what it was. Uh, Obscura, a celebration one live in North America. Um, this is a really, really good live album. Uh, production is absolutely great. 
a really good song selection if you like Obscura. Uh, so I was very happy with this one. Um, it's actually got some of my favorite songs on there. It's got Anti-Cosmic Overload, Acroasis, uh, and Incarnated are all on there. Um, Ocean Gateways as well. And so, like, there's a few songs I would love to hear more. I, you know, it's kind of disappointing that it's only 10 tracks long. I would love for, for it to be, you know, like 30. Um, but at the same time, like, it's hard to argue when they put out a live album finally, and it sounds absolutely fantastic. Um, Ronnie Romero, Too Many Lies, Too Many Masters. Uh, I think Ronnie is really one of those underrated singers. We got to see him uh, singing with, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Michael. Um, oh, yeah, Michael Schenker. I forgot about Schenker. that. Jesus. I could see his face, but I couldn't think of his name. Uh, yeah, we got to see him sing for Michael Schenker, which was really cool. Um, but he put out this album. I, I gave it a listen. Um, I think there's some really cool stuff here. I want to definitely listen to it a bit more. Unfortunately, it does have a little bit of the drum, uh, sound that we've talked about in the past where I'm not as big of a fan of that, but, um, everything there was really cool. It has like a little bit of a groove to it, a little bit of a, a, a interesting vibe to it. So definitely check that one out. Um, in flames put out a new album and as i've mentioned before i dropped off of in flames around the time of uh, clay man so it's been some 20 years 23 years since i've really been much of a fan i have listened to just about every album since they've they've kind of switched their style still you know just just tr trying to check it out and be positive and you know, listen to what I, the, the songs that I do like. And, uh, this is the first one in a really long time that I think like, I was like, this is probably the best one they've done since Clayman. Um, you know, it's a little bit heavier. Um, it's, it's kind of gone back to their roots a bit while still maintaining, uh, the sound that they've, they're going for they, I don't feel like they're betraying their current, current audience whatsoever. Um, but still kind of incorporating, a little bit more heaviness into it and so like it's you know maybe that's a product of of the band as they are now uh i i i wish i looked at the credits before talking about this um i don't was chris broderick playing on this newest album i believe he was so um, maybe that's a factor too you know chris broderick was in megadeth for quite a long time um so yeah he was so maybe that that kind of influenced the sound as well um, and I know you listened to it as well. What'd you think of the album? I thought the album was cool. Like I said, uh, earlier, you know, they, they did an album or they, their former bandmates put out an album, the halo effect, and it sounds just like old in flames. And to me, either they caught wind of it or they saw a live show or something like that. And, and so, you know, Andrews is like, well, shit, you know, I could do this too, <laughs> you know? And yeah, I and, don't think it was like a negative thing whatsoever. No, but just not at like, all. Hey, like, you know, maybe. <laughs> but, but, so they, so they put out a song that sounds eerily familiar to what they used to do. And there's a couple of touches to the modern in flames. And then, you know, you get into a couple of the other songs and, but there was, to me, it was like a really good mixture between old and new in flames. 
Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. And in and in reality, that's all you can ask for as as an older or newer fan, you know. And as for the newer fans, they probably were digging some of that shit because it it it, it touched on a little bit of the heaviness that they that they've heard in the past. And I'm sure the newer fans have heard some of the older songs because they go to their concerts, you know. And the older fans are like, oh, you know you still can do this. <laughs> so, yeah. no, you know, so it kind of brought a couple of guys back, you know, in terms of fans, but I, I think it was a really good mix between old and new and, and you can't ask for more than that. Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. So Dimmu Borgir released Inspiratio Profanus, which is a cover album, you know, uh, obviously inspiration to, for their band. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. I listened to it recently. Um, you know, Typical cover album, but uh, sounds really good. Uh, Dawkin released a new album, Heaven Comes Down. Um, certainly better in production than, um, you know, if you've heard any of the live performances, you know, his, his voice has gotten, you know, a bit weaker uh, with age and with, you know, some of his health problems and stuff like that. But the production of this album is very good, uh, definitely helps. And if you've listened to anything like in the last, you know, a few years since they did that uh, greatest hits where they re-recorded all their their um, classic songs. It's it's much in the same vein. So, um, kind of what to expect. But there's a couple good songs on there. I was I was you know pleasantly surprised surprised by. So, um, and then on the other side of the fence, George Lynch and Jeff Pilson released the covers album. Uh, George Lynch released like four albums this year with five, five albums. Five? And, uh, yes, dude. It's crazy to think about it because you, you're, you're talking about heavy hitters, right? He did yes. the sweet, he did sweet and Lynch, uh, you know, with, with Michael sweet, uh, heart and Lynch sacrifice. Mob. And then he did Lynch mob an album called Babylon. Then he did Lynch, which is the album called reborn, which I think is the, the next transition of Lynch mob. And, and then, then George, he, album right he right so the george lynch album from what i see called guitars at the end of the world i, I believe that's his way of just doing a, a guitar album mm-hmm. you know that pro- yeah. probably no vocals I, I haven't listened to it i haven't heard it i can't say yes or no but that's the way it seems to me so <laughs> a very hey, busy, busy man, man for being like 60 yeah. something years old <laughs> uh then paul gilbert released the dio album which you know it's really cool um, but I can only take so much of it. <laughs> um, so I would right, listen. Hold, to- hold on one second. I, I just, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just looked this up and this Lynch band is not George Lynch. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so we're dumbasses for thinking that, but you know what? Who's, who's to think that, you know, Lynch spelled the same exact way. This is a Japanese metalcore band. <laughs> <laughs> Led by George Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. So, well, yeah. okay, so four albums. So I was right. <laughs> you were right the first one. So, uh, so <laughs> wow, <laughs> very funny. But uh, so Paul Paul Gilbert uh, did the Dio album. Um, what's interesting is so he plays uh, like his guitar in a talking or singing style. Uh, so there's no actual singer on the album. He is playing guitar in the place of, of the vocals from Ronnie. It's really cool when you listen to about two, three songs. And then by the time you get to about four, you maybe want to take a break and then come back to it because everything is absolutely awesome on the album. But I don't know, for me, it was like a bit much. Um, but 
that's again, it's up to interpretation. Maybe you love it, maybe you won't. Um, I thought you, I, I know you listened to this one. You thought it was pretty cool, right? I thought it was cool. Um, and if, I, if I'm not saying like I've seen videos of him doing it, and he was playing bass with like a stand-up bass kind of thing. If so you're he, a guitar guy, like a guitar guitar guy, you probably will love this album. Yeah, for sure, because it's one of those. You you have to and you have to really like guitar, but you also have to like Dio. So if if I don't know, it's it's kind of weird. The album, well produced, sounds great. Yeah, like you said, you do kind of have to take a break because you just start listening to the vocals, and so it, it remind you know all the vocal melodies are in guitars. Okay, it's pretty cool <laughs> in that regard. But yeah, it you kind of like kind of grates on you after a while. <laughs> yeah, like I need a break from this. So, um, not going to go over these very much, but Tigers of Pantang and King Cobra both released albums this year. Oh boy. Uh, that's, that's a little crazy. Uh, nothing too major on both of those, but King Cobra, I believe is Paul Shortino on vocals. So yeah, uh, very cool. Um, that they're, you know, still kicking. Um, Nikki Stringfield released an album called Apocrypha. It's not necessarily, uh, my typical cup of tea, but I really liked a few of the songs on it i was impressed and she's doing vocals on there uh if you don't know nikki stringfield is uh one of the members of uh iron maidens and very very excellent guitar player um baby metal released a new album if you're into uh j-pop j-rock all that kind of stuff and metal um it's right up your alley they've added a new member and kind of filled out the sound a little bit so uh, that's pretty cool. Um, Heaven's Edge. I mentioned them on a previous episode. Uh, they are a band from the 80s that disbanded not too long after their only real, you know, brush with fame. Um, they're trying to pick up where they left off, you know, almost 40 years ago. And the album sounds like something that came out of that time period. So that's kind of interesting. <laughs> And then Jason Beeler, uh, we've mentioned in the past, uh, Saigon Kick several times. Uh, Jason was the kind of uh, brains behind the band, and he's released a new album called Postcards from the Asylum. Um, the 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 band title is quite a bit longer. It's uh, Jason Beeler and the something Baron more. von Bielski Orchestra. There you go. Um, and we we actually talked about an album. Um, they released the last one under that title. Um, yeah, I, I may, it might have been in a, a yearly recap before. It may have. <laughs> this one's, I would say, a little heavier than the previous album. Um, if you're into the stuff like Saigon Kick, you'll probably enjoy this one. So that's just kind of a recap of some of the albums you may have missed this year. Maybe some hidden gems. So definitely check some of those out. Did you have any others you wanted to add? Yeah, a couple others. I mean, Godsmack released Lighting Up the Sky. So for those of you who have been following Godsmack, um, you've heard that this is probably going to be their last album in terms of new music. Uh, They're probably just going to remain a touring act and probably pull that back a little bit as well. But they don't think that they're going to be going into the studio again. Um, And I can understand because when you think about it, they started off really heavy and progressively over, you know, since the 
you know, the 2010s and stuff like that, they've really slowed down and kind of been a lot more melodic hard rock, you know? And so this last album was more of a hard rock album as opposed to a metal album. And I, I just believe that the, the, the fans were kind of like slowly turned off about it, you know, really. I mean, it's, I don't know. Think about, you know, Iron Maiden becoming Def Leppard, you know, almost overnight kind of thing. <laughs> it's just, it's weird. You know, they went from being this band that puts I Stand Alone and Straight Out of Line out, these really heavy songs. And then, yeah, they did an acoustic EP, but that, that you know, anybody could do that really as far as sticking that in between your your your, your regular albums, like, like Alice in Chains, you know, they still remain heavy. But then the last two albums, um, uh, lighting up the sky and I forgot what the other one is. They just really have become very, very melodic. Mm. And that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's a bad thing when you used to be a really heavy band, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So yeah, when legends rise was the previous album and that, that one uh, was, was the, the beginning of the style that they're into now. Um, but Hey, you know what? That's, that's their thing, you know, and, more power to them. Uh, another album that came out this year going, we were just talking about Dio, um, the former Dio band, the last in line uh, released, I think their third album Jericho this year. So it wasn't Jericho releasing the last in line. It was less in line releasing Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least for me, ghost um, released an EP called phantom. Mime. it was uh, a uh, covers EP. And I actually listened to that today. And, you know, it's got the cover of Phantom of the Opera from Iron Maiden. That is actually a Grammy-nominated Grammy nominated song. A Grammy-nominated. <laughs> um, that's what they, they're, they're Grammy-nominated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but they had another song on there that was um, really cool. It was a cover of a, a Genesis song. And it was let – me, let me pull it up real quick. The song – was Jesus, he knows me. And I, you know, for what it is and what it's worth, it was a pretty cool cover. Um, you know, I like the, I like the Phantom of the Opera. Apparently, you know, um, Paul Diano didn't like it as much, but Hey, you know, we can't please everyone, but Jesus, he knows me. Which is, there's just a, the, the, I, the irony behind that song and behind the ghost being so anti-religious is, is, is really, uh, 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 interesting dichotomy between the fact that they recorded that song and, and the way the band and the, and their images. Yeah. So, anyway, this leads us up to number one. So what is your number one album? Cause I think it's very similar to my number one. Uh, similar. It's the same thing. It's Metallica <laughs> 72 seasons. Um, never thought I would say, you know, that it would be a number one on a, on a list for me again. Um, not saying anything about them as a band, but it just, a lot of the music didn't appeal to me as much. And this is the one that really kind of got me back on board. And we did a whole episode review of it. I think we all agreed that it was, you know, really stellar album. Uh, it was one of the top ones that I listened to this year when I got my yearly, uh, you know, you've listened to this much music thing from from youtube music and it's it's a great album i mean it it just is uh i 
you know, if you really want to go in depth about it, I guess you can go back and listen to that review as well and, you know, recap everything as well. Yeah, I mean, that review happened back in April. It was episode 133. We reviewed the whole album. Um, for me, my opinion hasn't changed much of the album. I mean, it, looking back on eight months later, the album still really holds up well. Um, the production is still, you know, there, there there isn't anything that surprises me. Like, I listen to other albums, and I'm like, how is this so good? You know, and... You know, there's a lot of people that when the first, when the album first dropped, you know, they was like, oh, yeah, it's another shit album from Metallica, you know. But even like, like I was reading uh, Loudwire today, I think it was Loudwire, mm-hmm. and they're, they were going, uh, you know, I, I mentioned to you, uh, they did a list of the, the, the best thrash albums, not metal, but thrash albums since 1983. And this year, 2023, they put, um, they put 72 seasons and I'm like, you know what? Not a thrash album, but even they said it's not a thrash album in all aspects of the album, but they have the elements and they are who they are. And they said, they never thought just like you said, that they would, they would be putting that, you know, that band or that album at, 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 as the best of 2023. But in their opinion, it was just overall, between production songs and and lyrics it was just impressive to them yeah. you know and that's to say a lot because there's very good thrash albums that came out this year you know and then i think what makes it even more special is that they follow it up with such an amazing tour because you think about it if you, if you if an album drops from a from a particular band and you like it and then there's like nothing after that. Like you don't know that they're not touring, they're not promoting, they're not putting a video out. You don't, you don't, you just literally lose the album after one, one or two weeks, maybe a month, and that's it. But Metallica just they went on tour. They had this amazing no repeat weekend tour, which we did a review of on episode 143. Uh, when you were out for a little bit, Sloan and I did that back in August. And, um, you know, it was, the tour was just amazing. The, the magnitude behind that tour, taking up a stadium for two nights, not just one, for two nights, and not repeating a single song over the entire weekend. You know, and then the the opening acts that they had, you know, Pantera, Mammoth VH, Ice Nine Kills, and Five Finger Death Punch. I mean, shit. You know, for yeah. for for the fans out there, that's an amazing thing. So, yeah, that has nothing to do with the album per se, but what it does is it keeps the band in the in the spotlight, and so you start hearing the album. You know, whenever it comes to town, or your the, the radio picks up, and you know, it, it's like the album is generating more and more airplay if you want to put it that way you know and for those of you who need to hear it again the highlights for me on on this album were 72 seasons the the title track shadows follow still like that song (laughs) screaming suicide lux eterna and i still like chasing light and absolutely hands down my number one song for the year because that's what spotify told me was if darkness had a son amazing song and i do get in Amarada a little bit more now, even though it's 12, 12 minutes long. <laughs> so, so crazy enough, 72 seasons was my number one song of the year. 
That was what I listened to the most. Yeah. It's a great song. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's so, it's so different in a way, you know, there's something, there's something about this album that is so refreshingly different yet. It's so familiar at the same time. It's kind of weird to say it that way, but I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is about this album that just, it really, really stands out for me. I agree. All right. Well, that's our big four metal albums of 2023. And that's the end of today's debating metal episode. And it's our last show of the year. Uh, The next time that we'll be posting an episode will be next year, probably, hopefully January 1st. Um, I'd like to remind everyone, if you like what you heard today, to click like or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can get our latest episode as soon as it's posted. And while you're at it, rate us and review us. And don't forget to leave us a comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or send us an email to debatingmetal at gmail.com. YouTube viewers, click subscribe and ring the bell to be notified when we post a new episode. So remember to tune in to the next episode when we spark up another exciting metal debate. On behalf of Kenneth and myself, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and turn it up to 11. See ya next year.